0: Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again today. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2, we're going to continue in our Christmas study in Luke. We are looking at the Christmas story as it is recorded in Luke, and so far we've looked at the plan. That's when Gabriel showed up to uh, give Mary the plan of Jesus' birth. Then we looked at the visit when Mary went to see her cousin Elizabeth in Hebron, and both of them were affirmed that the plan was exactly what the angel had told them. Then we looked at the birth, that's when Mary and and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem and gave birth to the baby and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Then we looked at the announcement, that was last week, where the angel showed up and gave the announcement of the birth to the... Uh, to the shepherds. And so that was a, a really good study. Today we're going to look at the testimonies. This is the two testimonies of Simeon and Anna at the temple when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to uh, present him to the Lord. So open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 22. Let me just read to you a testimony that I read uh, just just today, this happened yesterday in Bangkok, Thailand, of all places, and so you can just imagine what kind of story this might be. There's some crazy things that happen in in Bangkok, so according to this man's testimony, this man is Manas Ravat hope I'm saying that right he this is a guy who works for. Uh, works for the government. He is in emergency control, kind of a, a policeman, but he also doubles sort of as a medical person. And so, he was uh off duty, but he was called to a case where he were he was actually called upon to perform a, a resuscitation CPR on on a victim and so he'd done this dozens of times before he he'd been working 26 years as sort of this first responder rescue worker uh thing that he was doing so here here's his testimony Mana was called into action like i said off duty when he received a call that a baby elephant was struck by a motorcycle while crossing the road with a group of, <laughs> of wild pachyderms in the eastern province of, I hope I'm saying this right, Shantabura. Now, they even have a video of of this happening and of course it went completely viral on social media in Thailand yesterday and it says manna was seen giving two-handed compressions to a small elephant lying on its side as the colleagues uh, just a few meters away uh, were they were <laughs> they were dazed at what was going on. And so um, both the rider and the elephant are said to be recovering. Neither of them have serious injuries. But in the, in the report, he says, uh, Manna says, it's my instinct to save lives. Uh, but I was worried that the whole time, because I can hear the mother and the other elephants calling for the baby. So Manna, of course, was nervous that the elephants would return. So he, he goes on to say, I assumed where an elephant heart would be located based on a video clip I saw online. And, and when the baby elephant started to move, I almost cried. So the elephant stood up after about 10 minutes. It was taken to another location for treatment before being returned to the scene of the accident in the hope of being reunited with its mother. And the elephants did come back, and they were soon reunited and so here here's here's the kicker though, okay? Uh, this man, uh Manna Shrivat, has performed dozens of of cpr has done cpr on dozens of cases in thailand in his 26 years and this is the only time the victim has recovered and it was an elephant (laughs) i I couldn't believe this story it is hilarious what a story man i gotta tell you that guy has has a story to tell and and today we're going to talk about testimonies that's simply just a just a personal story of something you have experienced and man he has a he has a great one a great one to tell now now we need to hear these things because of course we you know we need to laugh but there are other things that we need to hear just because we can't be everywhere like like god we're not omnipresent we can't be at all places at all times and there are things we need to know so we need to know we need to hear testimonies now with the invention of the camera we can Record and see a lot of things that we normally would have missed, but we're, we're not ubiquitous. You know, we, we still need to hear to know a lot of things that are going on. And so this, this story today is a testimony by two people, by two, really a prophet and a prophetess at, at the temple that, um, are huge testimonies of what Christ means to us. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. Let's look at a little bit of a background and starting in verse 22. Do you have your Bible? Follow along if you do. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Okay, verse 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Now, this is is pre-covenant stuff, right? This is the law of Moses. It was still in effect at this time. It was to be fulfilled uh, at every uh, life's event, and so these two were doing that, the law of of, of Moses was still intact the law of salvation by by grace through faith it would take effect after Jesus's birth so they were still bound to this law now Jesus had been uh circumcised and named on day 8 that's that's uh, in the law too that's according to that uh, Leviticus 12 tells us they were supposed to do this and this would have been done and and still is done in in the home now, according to Leviticus 12, Mary was was ceremonially unclean for 40 days after giving birth. Now, if she'd given birth to um, a female, it would have been 80 days, which, you know, I guess even back then, it took women longer to get ready than a man. Uh, I'm just saying. And, and so Mary couldn't go to the temple, okay, until Jesus was at least 40 days old. So approximately... You know, 33 days after the circumcision and the naming of Jesus, they took him to the temple. Now, the temple was about six miles away from Bethlehem, a little bit of a walk, and they went to present him to the Lord, as Exodus 13:2 kind of instructed them to do, right? They told him to do this act. So, so do the math here. There was eight days after his birth that he had uh, the circumcision. It was named. And so they had to wait till day 41. So this was about 33 days later. She was unclean for the first 40 days, remember? So they went on day 41. Now in the temple, they were to offer the sacrifices required in in Leviticus chapter 12. There was a yearling lamb and a dove or a pigeon. Well, they they offered the sacrifice of of a pair of birds, as described two verses later in Leviticus chapter 12, if you couldn't afford a lamb, then you could give two sets of uh, sets of birds. And so that's what they did. And th- this tells us that they weren't, you know, the most wealthy people in the world, but they were extremely devout Parents, they kept the law of Moses during this time um, in in a big way, okay? So they were in the temple when the testimonies were given to them by Simeon and Anna. So let's look at testimony one by, by Simeon. Look at verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he could not see death. He would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ, the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. All right, so this man's name is Simeon. We don't know a whole lot about him. We know he was a God-fearing man, and he was told by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die before the Messiah arrived, and he believed it, and it came true. The Bible teaches us that he's righteous and devout. So he was he was a law a, a law abiding man, law of Moses. Okay, one that paid careful uh, attention to that Mosaic law and sought to honor God completely through um, through obedience, through trusting God for the promised Messiah. Okay, so he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now that's an interesting uh, phrase. It refers to the waiting that that Israel was was doing as a nation, really, as expressed way back in Isaiah 25. It says, It will will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So all of Israel is waiting on this person to show up, okay? And in the original phrase, Uh, in, you know, the the consolation of Israel, there was this aspect of comfort sort of in that meaning. They were waiting for the comfort of the Lord. So the devout were waiting for someone who would fulfill the prophecies about the Messiah and restore the kingdom back to good graces with God. And, And everyone, whether they were devout or not, they were looking for such a person who would come uh, to be king, to free them from, from the Romans. So this is what's meant by the consolation of Israel. Now, the Holy Spirit is mentioned three times in three verses here. It says it was upon him. So it was evident. It was, it was working in his life. It says it communicated with him. It told him that the Messiah was coming soon. And then it finally said it led him. Okay, So he did what the Spirit led him to do. This man was a very God-fearing man. Okay, Now, pick up at 27. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Verse, look at uh, verse 31, "That, that you've prepared in the presence of all peoples and a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. So so Simeon, he, he sees this as, as an answer to what he was been waiting for, for a big chunk of his life, right? He sees it in, in the form of this child. So he has to hold this baby. He took this he took this baby in his arms, and me, I say, why, why, why chance it? You could have blessed this child without holding it. I don't have any children. I think they're they're uh, you know they're too fragile for me to hold. They they cry all the time. They ooze. Uh, you know, just complete nastiness. They have no control over any orifice in their bodies. And I'm talking for years. This is the way I tell my wife all the time. I don't get it. They have two years to learn these things. What is the hold up? I, uh, so I, for for Christmas, I just ordered those signs for my yard for when they come to visit, slow children at play. I think all my grandchildren are slow children, I guess. I'm not sure. But for some reason, Simeon had to hold this baby. I know the reason. He'd waited for this child for years, okay? He was excited about this child. He wanted to see him up close and personal. So he held this child, and he praised God. Simeon believed God. He, he did. He believed him about the Spirit's revelation, and, and he faithfully waited on God to bring this about, and he recognized Jesus, what did he say, as Savior, right? He calls him, he, saw, he says, my eyes have seen your salvation, he calls him Savior, and, and God's glory was was going to be revealed to Israel, and the truth of God would be revealed e- everywhere else, Just not just to the Israelites, but to the Gentiles too, right? All right, now we're at verse 33. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother behold this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that so that thoughts from many hearts will be revealed now that's very flowery let me just break that down real quick this is this is Really another affirmation in the lives of Joseph and Mary. I guess they were going to need lots of affirmation because they received it all the way through the pregnancy from from the visit, from the angels, from the shepherds, uh, all, all of that okay and so now he, they're receiving it from from Simeon and Simeon gives them a testimony in this affirmation, right So he blessed his parents by he blessed uh, those parents by honoring and affirming, the truth of of their child. I mean he testified that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Because of Jesus, he said, many who would many would reject him and fall away from the goodness of God, and others who would believe in him would be raised up to salvation. So he admitted that Jesus was the only way to the Father. His testimony also include that sometimes we suffer while we're following Jesus. He admitted that Mary was going to suffer watching Jesus die for the sins of the world. That's what he meant by the the sword that will pierce her soul. And then he admitted too in his testimony that Jesus reveals the true hearts of people, being the 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 embodiment of truth. His his presence in any believer's life would would shine light on their, on their true nature. That's just the part of what Jesus does in our lives. So that's the, the testimony of Simeon. Now let's look just briefly at the testimony of Anna. And I say briefly because there's not a lot, there's not as much written here as there was about Simeon. All right, look at verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, this is the prophetess Anna. She was, that that word prophetess was used not, she didn't prophesy about future things. She taught the Old Testament, okay? She was an actual teacher in the the Jewish schools there, okay? She was an 84-year-old widow who had lived with her husband only seven years, so she'd been a widow for a long time, okay? And she was it's it's typical for most people to believe that she lived on the temple grounds. We, we know there were living quarters there for, for priests and teachers and workers. And so she's thought to have lived there because it says she worshiped constantly with fasting and prayer. And the Spirit led her uh, to affirm, you know, what Simeon had told them already. This was her testimony. She testified that God is worthy of thanksgiving for sending Jews. Now, that's sending Jesus. Sorry. Now, that, that seems obvious, but many people see the presence of Jesus as a negative thing. Okay? They just do. I mean, look at our culture today. When, when you start talking about Christ, or you start talking about his church, or you start talking about the Bible, that's seen as a negative thing. It stymies free speech and, and sin. It, it, it brings to light all the secret practices done in dark places, right? It, 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 it judges people and, and assigns places of eternality. And so we, we all know that this can be the case, but we who know him we see his presence and arrival as as a good thing right because he's bringing salvation he's bringing freedom from the yoke and the punishment of sin he's bringing us love and and peace and reward and rest and comfort and belonging and and so we see this as a good thing okay so she testified in her testimony she she gave god praise she thanked him for sending jesus but then she also she also admitted that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, she she admitted that Jesus was God in the flesh, the one they were waiting for for hundreds of years. He was the real deal. So she thanked. She was thankful to God. Uh, you know, she told all, all who were who were waiting for the the revealing of the Messiah that was there that day. She told them all that this was it. This was the one. Okay, now pick up at verse thirty nine. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town in Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now, this kind of puts us into a little bit of a quandary if we only read Luke into the into the uh, you know proper timeline of, of events, because it said after this they they returned to Galilee. But what about the? You know what about the, the wise men that would show up, and what about the time spent in Israel in Egypt? Where did all that fit in? So I did a little study, and I, I found an article in Answers in Genesis, and this is this makes perfect sense now. Uh, this is the timeline that they have come up with, taking all four accounts of the gospel uh, together. So they, this is what they say. In 4 BC, Jesus was born. That's in the, the reign of Quirinius. We talked about that already. And eight days later, he was circumcised and named. 33 days later, he went to the temple. Uh, Mary and Joseph took him to the temple and he was presented to the Lord. And that's where Simeon and Anna testified who he was. Within a year, the Magi visited King Herod. Okay and soon after that they went and found Jesus but they went home a different way because they they thought that this was a very special child and they knew that Herod was going to kill was going to kill them so when they went missing without Herod hearing back from them Herod ordered all of the babies under 2 years old male children to be killed all right. So all of that happened in 4 B.C. Now, at the end of 4 B.C., or maybe early 3 B.C., Herod dies. We know that from from history. But early to mid uh, 3 B.C., we pick back up right here at 39. And so after all of that happens, after they uh, uh, oh, I didn't tell you that's that after they were visited visited by the Magi, the Holy Spirit warned. I mean, an angel warned Joseph and Mary that Herod was after their child, and they they went to Egypt, and they stayed in Egypt until the early or mid uh, three BC, and then they they moved all the way back to Nazareth, and so that's where uh, Luke thirty nine uh, two thirty nine picks back up right there. All right, so the timeline makes makes perfect sense. All right, so let's review these two important testimonies of Simeon and Anna and what, what they tell us. Now, tell us a, a few very important things. One is that Jesus is Messiah. He is God in the flesh. He is the one sent by God to take on the sins of the world, to rescue his people, Israel, and the Gentiles will be included in that as well. This also tells us that God is worthy of thanksgiving for sending Jesus, okay? This wasn't an act of of hatred so that people would go to hell. This was an act so that some would believe upon him and be saved for eternity in heaven. This testimony also reveals to us that Jesus is, is the only way to the Father. Jesus would echo this later on in his own teaching. We said, no one comes to the Father but by me. What do he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to him but through me. Later on, he says, you know, I'm the door, and if you want to enter into heaven, you have to enter through me. So Jesus is the only way to the Father, and these testimonies revealed that. The fourth thing it tells us, these two testimonies, is that Jesus reveals the true hearts of people. Okay, It's kind of hard to read people sometimes unless you have like a super gift of discernment. It's hard to tell uh, people's motives for their, their actions and their, you know, their beliefs. But Jesus inside of someone reveals because he's the light of the world. He lights up all the dark places of your heart, and true hearts will be revealed before Jesus. And then it, this testimony tells us that sometimes we suffer following Jesus. We're going to suffer. I mean, Jesus said that himself, because you're of them, because you're of this world, you will suffer many things. If you were of of me, they would accept you, but because of me they're going to hate you. In this world you will have many problems. So these things are brought out in this these testimonies of Simeon and Anna. Now, what are we to do? What are we to do with these with these testimonies? What what do they urge us to do? Well, I think they're included in the scriptures so that we too can be God-fearing people. We must be God-fearing people. People need to see that God is to be feared. He's to be respected and held in awe, and that we uh, can worship and serve Him, and we should be living according to His Word. We should you know, seek to live every day for the glory of His name. We are to be God-fearing people. I think this also tells us, that we're to be obedient to the Spirit's leading. I mean, think about it. We're expected to hear from the Holy Spirit. We 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 covered that last last week, right? So we train and we position ourselves to hear Him. We, we get our, ourselves in a quiet place, and we read the Scriptures, and we pray, and we, we allow God to deal with our sins so that we can hear Him clearly, and then we seek affirmation by reading the Scriptures and talking to mature Christians. We train and position ourselves to hear Him, and then we act accordingly to what He says. we got to do what He says. We have to be obedient to His Spirit's leading. The third thing I think this tells us to do is to look for the second coming of Jesus, they were looking for the coming of the Christ. We're to look for the next time he comes. We should get excited about that promise. That promise is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter four. You know, in the twinkling of an eye, he's going to return, and we shall we shall rise and meet him together in the air, and so shall we be with the Lord forever. We're to look for that. Watch for the signs. Keep an eye on on the skies. We're to look for the second coming of Jesus. And then lastly, tell tell everyone, you know, that he's coming again. Tell everyone that he's coming again. We're, we're to be a witness. Uh, you know, we're to share the testimonies, what he's done in us, and then tell people that he's coming again, that they need to be ready. We need to tell everyone. That he is coming again. People in 2020 are ready for some good news, and the gospel is good news. And not everybody wants to hear it, but some people want to hear it. So we need to tell everyone that he's coming again. So these are two testimonies that urge us to to share ours. Now next week, Greg's going to be doing the teaching in our services, and he's going to he's going to teach us how to share a testimony. He's going to use some illustrations. Of, of two men in our church who've, who who you know went on video to share some of their testimonies and he's going to use those as illustrations. so you don't want to miss this. This is an important way that we can become reporters of God. We can share our, our testimony. So today I would invite you to to commit to learning to share your testimony and to share that you know to go ahead and share that with people that's important that we do that especially at this season at at christmas time we it's a natural time for us to share the coming of the lord and what that means well maybe you do not have a relationship with christ and i'd love to talk with you about that you can you can email me at mike at fbcclover.com, and I'd be glad to talk with you about a relationship with Christ and share my testimony, what He's done for me. I'd be glad to share that with you right there over email or maybe over the phone or even over a cup of coffee. That'd be all right with me. Well, I hope this was an encouragement to you. We'll come back again in a couple of weeks when I'm back in town and, and share another teaching with you. But until then, be blessed. Have a Merry Christmas. And remember, God is pro you. Thanks for
0: listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, Be blessed. And remember, God is pro-you.